I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here on Patreon, ad-free, or with the ads on the main feed. My name is Kenny, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, you know, it's quite quiet in the wrestling world. I wish some news would happen to just give us something to talk about. Another slow news day, <laughs> said no one ever. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, we've never said that. I can't no. remember last time that we had nothing to talk about. There's a very, there's very, very rarely, like maybe a Thursday where there's been like a really quiet dynamite and like we've, yeah. but even then we've always found people talking about other stuff to just kind of fill our time. Like it's never, I mean, it feels like in the last couple of years, it's just been mental. Um, So we we will, we'll talk about the, the TV rights thing now, but we'll talk more about The Rock and his new role and, um, Okada to WWE potentially and all that. We'll talk about that on Thursday because obviously we need to cover on SmackDown. But let's talk oh, about the big news. I just quickly chime in, Kenny, with the Grayson Waller thing. I watched it uh-huh. and I thought it was a bit of a nothing burger. <laughs> so, you know, people had just blown this out of proportion and I watched it and I think it was genuine, but oh, yeah. I don't think it was really a big deal. And I think Waller did conduct himself. Um, you know, he did show. I mean, okay, he might have gone slightly over the top, but I don't think he'd be any hot, in any hot water over it. I think he'd be fine. I think they'll be giving um, him a pat in the back for the way they, because it's like if you're if you're in wrestling, and you know, we've talked about this before, kind of over a beer and stuff, but the people who kind of take the piss at the fact that you watch wrestling or they yeah. 
take the piss at the fact that you cover wrestling or whatever it is. And yeah. it's like, you know, you I mean, to me, the guy who was the most egregious was not the hosts, because, you know, you always get that stupid host of a TV show. But it was the kind of wee PA guy who was kind of like trying to square up to him. That's what really agitated him. You know, that's the one you could tell that he was about like, I can't be, <clears throat> I can't be on this TV show and sort of look like it's all just a bit of fun. Yeah, exactly. If you come at me, I'm going to nail your son. You yeah. know, it's not going to be, you know, worked punch. I'm going to really rock. I'm going to really clobber you. So, but I just, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I didn't think he was a particular big deal, really. So, uh, but, um, you know, it's, I think it's something there. Waller, Waller, Waller actually became more of a story, became, you know, people were writing about him. And he's a guy who I think has struggled a little bit on the main roster. So I don't think he's done himself any harm at all with the way that he handled himself in that situation. Um, well, let's move on. So I said, we'll talk about Rock and his new role in Okada on, on Thursday, but let's talk about the big news. We have to talk about it. Came out today that WWE Raw, the rights will move as of January 2025 to Netflix. But this is quite, not only is it a big deal for people in the US because they will be getting Raw on Netflix, but it's actually a bigger deal for international people or people in the UK because for people in the UK it's Raw, Smackdown all the PLEs and the network content is all moving to Netflix so it's a big deal for people in the UK because you know I know I, I pay for the TNT sports thing it's £30 a month um, it's not very easy to navigate either the, the kind of you know like if you watch a replay the ads are still in and the, the, the function to fast forward is quite challenging so like it's, it's it's really good for us and then i guess in the states you know most i think most people have netflix so i don't think it's it's not like it's on a really obscure streaming site that's not gonna be able the people don't have but what do you make of the story when it broke earlier today yeah i mean it, i think it's it's a big big story obviously i think it's a good move for wwe um you know it's almost a little bit like the peacock thing where a lot of people who currently don't watch wwe on have no inclination to watch WWE might give it a chance because it's on Netflix and they already pay for Netflix. And it's just one of the, you know, many programs or types of content on there. So it's going to introduce WWE to a new audience. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. Maybe people have, people will see it on YouTube, but sometimes if you go on YouTube, YouTube obviously tracks what you're into. So it's only going to recommend what you want to watch. So unless you actually like, program or enter into youtube or whatever that i want to watch wwe you may never watch it you might not even know it exists you know so i think this is something that's i think going to be certainly if it's trending as well if it's on the charts in netflix um if it knocks fool me once off the top spot (laughs) (laughs) once i think has been knocked off the top spot but you know what i mean if it's in the charts it's going to be more likely that people might give it a try who aren't currently fans um, yeah. It's obviously a huge deal, $5 billion over 10 years. I mean, Netflix has gone all, all in here. I mean, talk about having faith and committing a 10-year deal. They're not just saying, well, we'll give it a try for three years or 18 months. 10 years, you know, half a million dollars a year. Um, I mean, the stock price went, you know, up by, I think last time I checked, it was up today about 17%. And that's actually down from what it was when the announcement was made at, I think it was at 9.30 in the morning 
Eastern time, I think the announcement yes. was made. And the stock price just went through the roof for TKO Group Holdings when this announcement was made. So, I mean, yeah, I think this is a good move for WWE. I mean, I've got Netflix. Um, if this means that network is discontinued in the UK, well, you know, that's fine because I'll only have to pay for one streaming service instead of two to watch my WWE. Yeah, uh, maybe you, you Netflix did... will have to put the prices up. But I can't imagine they're going to double the prices. Nah, nah, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. So the couple of things. So the ten-year deal is worth five billion dollars. Yeah, which is insane. I mean, because I mean, before it was, it was, was it not one billion for a five-year deal or a three-year deal or whatever they had for SmackDown? I think it was. I mean, it's a, it's a way bigger deal than they had before. Is the point? Yeah. And apparently, Netflix can can cancel the contract after five years, or they can extend it from 10 to 20 years. Wow. So it, it could be a long time. And the the whole thing, so the, the gist of it is, it will mean that beginning January 2025, Netflix will be the home of Raw in the US, Canada, UK, and Latin America, amongst other territories. But outside of the US, which I assume means everywhere that has Netflix, will become the home of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, PLEs, documentaries, original series, and forthcoming stuff. So I guess the only thing at that point that the network... Because I think outside of America, you know, that's the only place that WWE actually has their own network now, because obviously they're Peacock in the US. Yes. But, I mean, the only thing that, that I would... The only thing I would watch on the network still would be the retro stuff. But maybe the retro stuff's going to port over as well. Maybe the archives are going to go in. I don't know how that's going to work, but it's, yeah. It's, I mean, also for people who are asking, I do not think that Raw is going to go down to two hours, which I think people will be hoping. <laughs> but I think it means we'll be getting three hour Raws on Netflix. So, I mean, yeah, the only thing about that is if you look at Raw now minus the ads, it's about two hours, seven minute show. Yeah, you know, between two hours, two hours and five minutes, and two hours and seven minutes each week. So, will they just insert adverts in it? Do you think? Well, the problem with that is because I think with Netflix, because I know that we 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 pay at the moment fifteen ninety nine a month, and that's the ad free version of Netflix. Because I think there's like three versions of Netflix: there's the 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 basic package where it's all ads, yeah, the medium one, and then there's one where there's no ads. So if you had the no ads package, I I I wonder what you would get instead. I mean, maybe you would just get WWE promos played or something. I don't know. But it'll be yeah. interesting to see how they how they handle it because they'll need to they will need to. Because the X will be live, won't it? And they've yeah. said you know they're they're going to spend the next year making sure. Because I don't think Netflix does Netflix do much live stuff. I don't think it does, does it? No. Somebody had said to me they have tried a couple of live things and it's been a bit ropey, but. You, yeah. you assume that with the amount of money they're spending on this, they're going to have to, they're going to get it right. Yeah, they've acknowledged that, haven't they? Because obviously Amazon, I've got Amazon recently subscribed to Amazon Prime, and uh, they screen Premier League or, you know, big time football games, don't they, live? Yeah. So, um, so they've obviously got the technology right. I'm sure Netflix, they've got a whole year to sort this out. So I'm sure there's going to be no problems at all. Or if there are, they'll they'll there would just be teething problems. I'm sure they'll overcome. But yeah, probably what they'll do is they'll have like an ad, mind you. But if it's an ad free version that's got ads inserted in it, I wonder if what they do instead, maybe the answer is, you know how at the moment they have raw talk, which usually goes on after raw that none of us yeah. ever watch. Maybe they just have a set backstage and it's people who come in and do some interviews during breaks, 
Yes, and quite that's... possibly. Yeah, that would work, wouldn't it? So they just, whenever they're going to add, just like, right, so what's happened so far? What's coming up? You know, what's the next PLE? Yeah. You know, that type of thing. Some talking heads just filling time for two, three, four minutes or whatever it is. So, yeah, yeah. that would probably how they would fill time and say, well, this is not ads. This is original content. <laughs> Keep Jerry Lawler away. Yes. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a massive move. And I've got to say, I was really hoping in my mind if they did go to a streaming service, it, was, it, it wouldn't be Amazon Prime. Or, I, to me, Netflix is the best one in terms of the functionality and how easy it is to work. So I think Netflix, if they're going to go streaming, is the best one to do. So, and I mean, we've locked out as people here in the UK. Finally, we've got a better deal than the Americans. Yeah, who like, can? Who knew? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think. It's, yeah, I think it's really good news for the company. I mean, they were just over here. Their presence ever since they left Sky, their presence has just diminished so much, hasn't it? And, yeah, because uh, the, the TNT thing is tough. Because I mean, thirty pounds. Just to watch Raw and SmackDown is tough. It's a tough sell. And I mean, yeah. the only reason I, I have it is because that's the job. So, I, you know, I have to, I can't just watch YouTube clips of something. I have to watch the shows. So it'll be nice to have that, you know, included in your your, your price. Uh, we'll be talking more on Thursday about everything. Because I know that Nick Khan is going to be on Pat McAfee's show. I think he's on as we speak, actually. So we will talk about what he mentions on uh, yeah, on on Thursday. Yeah, so, presumably because some people have asked what's going to happen to Raw because the current deal, of course, ends in October. What's going to happen to Raw between October and when it goes to Netflix in January? So I'm sure he will acknowledge that. Maybe it'll be on the network. Maybe it'll be on Peacock. Peacock. I think it'll be. They'll screen it somewhere. It's only a short period of time, and it's actually. If you're not going to be on TV or not going to be in your regular slot, that's the time of year to do it, isn't it? October, November, December, which are the three least important months on the calendar for WWE. But I imagine that Nick will like probably address that in that interview, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, he, so he has said already, once the SmackDown deal closed, we hyper-focused on Raw at the end of the day to be the first movers with Netflix live 52 weeks a year. Came together over a couple of months and we think it's a great deal. And then The Rock has said in an interview with First Take, uh, I'm a long gamer. I like to build what this is. If myself and Roman Reigns were to main event WrestleMania, and I mean this very respectfully, we could put on, with us as the main event and this and this incredible group of men and women, we could put on the greatest and biggest mania of all time. I think we're going to have to come to terms with it, Finn. going to have to give you a wee hug. Cody. I'm sorry, son. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't you know, know what, what you're going to be doing. Maybe you'll be in catering. You know, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, the weird thing now is the fact that The Rock is going to be in a position of being, like, on the board and in yeah. the main event. So, well, Thursday. We'll talk about it Thursday. Uh, let's talk about SmackDown from last week. We had Roman Reigns who bothered to show up this time for a show, which was nice of him. And this was basically the build to... The, the four-way. We opened the show with what was supposed to be the contract sign-in. We had all three challengers out there, LA Knight, AJ Styles and Randy Orton and Nick Aldis and then Heyman came out to basically say that Roman's not ready yet. we just seen them arrive at the top of the show. And then Aldis basically threatens that, you know, we'll just have a, a three-way for the, the vacant WWE title. 
And yeah, him and said he's not going to sign that contract. You know, he's just got here. He hasn't read it. You're not going to strong arm us into doing that. And Nick said, Nick Oldis said, fine. Well, you know, these three guys have already signed. So we'll just vacate the title. And these three people will wrestle for it at Royal Rumble. We don't need Roman Reigns. And Heyman did a U-turn and back to the ring and insulted all this. Um, you know, just said that he wasn't doing a very good job. And then that led to a big fallout in the ring between Knight and AJ Styles. Well, actually, kind of a side thing. You know, they obviously were <laughs> odds anyway. But they started beating each other up. And then, yeah, they all kicked off, didn't they, Kenny? Yes, it all, it all kicked off. I mean, what really struck me in this opening segment was how much of a star Orton is to the fans. They just see him as the top guy. Yeah. I mean, poor Ellie Knight. <laughs> you know, he's 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 just not got a shot if it's up against Randy Orton. Um because yeah. Orton obviously ends up grabbing Heyman at the end when AJ and Ellie Knight are fighting to the back and they, and they try to separate them. And Orton grabs him by the tie and said, you know, he's gonna beat Solosco in the main main event and then give Roman Reigns an RKO. So a really good segment to open the show. Um and then obviously yeah, definitely, out- and you're right, fans were chanting for Orton. And he, you know, was very cool out there and just seemed to be enjoying himself and just, yeah, told Heyman, I'm going to reintroduce Reigns to the three most dangerous letters in the alphabet RKO. And uh, Heyman then slinked backstage and, yeah, that set up the uh, the main event later. And then later on, we had Roman Reigns backstage kind of dressing down Paul Heyman and Jimmy Uso. And Solo kind of says, you know, uh, you know, don't worry, I'm going to, fix things um you know he could have took the blame for last week said he's gonna fix things in the main event against randy orton and roman looked a bit taken aback that you know source code spoken up and made a point so that was interesting yeah it was he kind of stepped to him and reigns is like you know hold on what's going where's this going you know is he (laughs) you know is he is he ready to take over now i'm not quite ready to step down yet um yeah, so so I mean that was yeah, that was that was something different. And Solo also spoke more on this program than I think he ever has on any other program that he's been on since he joined the main roster in 2022. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you know, he he made some progress there as a character, I felt. And then you know, they decided to do the LA Knight AJ Styles singles match here, which only went about four minutes because Jimmy Uso ended up coming out, then Solo came out and hit LA Knight with a Simone Spike that ended the match. Um I mean, what did you? And then obviously they they basically you know tried to spend solo attacked AJ Styles after the match, put him down with a spike, and that's when he got on the microphone and said two down, one to go. Um, yeah. What did you make of doing this kind of match, which really just led to putting over solo? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. 
Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um Well, I mean, Knight and Styles, there was some communication problems there. You could hear Knight talking to Styles. I mean, these two guys are both in the 40s. They've been doing this a long time. So I thought that was very disappointing. Um, I didn't expect the match to go to a clean finish. In fact, and it didn't, of course. And Jimmy turned up a, a ringside or in the aisle to distract them. And then Solo, he did the Samoan spike on... Was it was it Knight first? I think he gave it to Knight first. Then he nailed yes. Styles as well. And then that led to Solo Sokoa versus Randy Orton. And that, of course, didn't go to a clean finish either. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, that's not true. It sort of did do, didn't it? Because Orton, Orton did actually score the win, didn't he? He pinned Sokoa after an RKO. But we had, you know, more sort of extracurricular activity at ringside. And, you know, there was lots of big commotion going on, as one would expect. And then that led to you know, the post-match angle, which is what the whole show was about, wasn't it, Kenny? Yeah, I, I mean, it was surprising to see Solskjaer take a loss in about five minutes, but there was loads of other stuff going on. Yeah. And he's also not the prime player at the moment. And afterwards, after Randy Orton won, we had all the challengers in the ring, and then they're, you know, fighting, and then Roman Reigns gets in the ring, hits Orton with a Superman punch, and then he was signed the, he signed the contract. Um... I and mean, then he just dropped it rather than giving it back to Nick Aldis. And then, you know, Orton was getting back to his feet. So Reigns goes for another Superman punch, but Orton hits with the RKO. And Orton's music's oh, that, playing. That was a spear, Kenny. He went for a spear at the end. Spear, then. sorry. He went for a spear. Yeah, yeah, Orton turned into the RKO. Because we should mention that Orton had RKO'd Knight and Styles prior to all this. Yes, because when the three of them were all in the ring at the end, they were all, you know, because I think Ellie Knight hit Styles first. And then was talking smack over him, and that's when Orton gave Ellie Knight the RKO, and then AJ Styles got got up to his feet, and then he got one as well. So that's right. And then Reigns just suddenly <clears throat> turned up, nailed Reigns with a superman punch, took the contract from Nick Aldis, who was at ringside, signed it, and looked like he was going to give it to Aldis, but then disrespectfully just dropped it on the floor. I mean, I'm not quite sure if we're ever going to get an Aldis versus Roman Reigns match. I'm sure Nick Aldis, you know. He's probably not, you know, beating the drum on that one yet or campaigning backstage. You got the banners printed out for Nick versus Roman. But I'm sure he's hoping that that's the direction of travel eventually. So then, yeah, Reigns was gloating. He'd, um, you know, he was he was there in the ring and he was preparing for the spear and he did launch that at Autumn, but Orton uh, intercepted it with the RKO and... You know, Reigns just sold it like the champ he is. He was just as if he was KO'd and Orton stood tall at the end. So it that basically of... means that Randy Orton is not winning at the Royal Rumble, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, it was interesting to me that although all the stuff on the show was really good, it, it kind of just made you want to see Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton rather than AJ and LA Knight. But we know why they're in there, because they don't yep. want to have Orton take the loss. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got to assume Styles is the one that is going to take the loss. Um, I mean, it could be LA Knight as well. I hope it's not. I think AJ Styles is the one who should take the L on Saturday. But yeah, we'll yeah, see. I would think so. Yeah, I mean, and also as well, it means there's not as much pressure on Orton to deliver. 
and there's lots more they can do in a four-way match. Yes. So, and whoever does the job in the end, he can be protected, can he, on the finish? He can be hit yes. with three different finishers and then do the job. So, and with Styles, you know, he's eight years he's been there now, isn't it, in WWE? So it doesn't really matter if he does the job because we all know that he's gone as far as he's going to go in this company. And just being in this match alone, I'm sure he's delighted to be there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, 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 it's a means to an end for what they're wanting to do. And I think the four-way is going to be a hot match on, on Saturday. So, I agree. Uh, we also had the return on this show of Pete Dunne. Team up with Tyler Bating is pretty deadly. He made his return here. They've changed his music, but he is still the bruiserweight. Comes out in the full old gear that he used to have and... Him and Tyler Bate got the win. Are you glad to see him back in this character? Well, I know you are, Kenny, because you've been predicting this one for weeks, <laughs> if not months. Yes. Um, it's like, if he's, okay, he's Pete Dawn, and people would be pleased about that instead of being like this, you know, peaky blinder knockoff. Um, <laughs> I mean, he'd been, you know, edging towards this character for a while anyway. Ever since the Broiling Brutes, um, you know, dissolved, it felt like he was. This was the character he was going to be. I mean, it doesn't really make that much difference because he'd been Butch for so long that I think most people weren't offended by it anymore. I think at first many were, and um, let's just see what they do with him. Um, you know, I think Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate could have like a really good series with like whomever uh, tag champs. Um, I mean, they beat pretty deadly here, very convincingly. Um, so, I mean, it seems like they've got plans for them, but let's just see where it goes. I mean, and we need more of that sort of character stuff with him. As I said last week, Tyler Bates, you know, Mr. Zen, Mr. Yoga, I don't see that catching on in a big way with the masses. So on one hand, yeah, I'm pleased that he's Pete Dunne, but how far can these two really go as characters? I mean, if you remember, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne were just solid gold together, weren't they, in NXT? Yeah, they were. Well, also I, don't the... as, I don't see as bright a future for Bate and Dunne as I did for Riddle uh, and Dunne. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously not bad news. I don't want to uh, diminish it or anything, even though I just have for the last 90 seconds. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think yeah, they're, they're, they're both really talented. And, um, yeah, I hope they, uh, they do some good things with them. Yeah, I think it's it's all going to be in the execution. I think, over, you know, they had that amazing match in Chicago in 2017. And I think the, the thing is, since then, especially with Triple H in charge, there's so many more good wrestlers able to have long matches on, on main roster TV. So, yeah, I think you're right. The To to make to fully make it on the main roster, they are going to have to have some sort of character because that's what, you know, everybody who's over in WWE has a character. Sure. Of some type, so... Yeah, and also it's, I think because Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne are quite similar, that are they going to kind of cancel each other out a little bit? Because I just can't in the tag division, I can't see them really getting that high in that because we've got so many other teams. And I don't know solo. I see I, I see more for Pete Dunne than I do for Tyler Bate. But yeah, probably. And there's a lot of teams like Street Profit. A lot of teams that are just not doing anything. Like Street Profits are doing yeah. nothing. I mean, you, know, you, you, you get you get the Creeds, you get DIY, you got. Uh, authors of pain back now. Yeah, nude. There's so many teams that it just feels like for for Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate to stand out amongst all the teams, they're going to have to 
You know, I mean, the thing is, if you look at Pretty Deadly, they're not anywhere near as good wrestlers as Pete Dunne and Bay are, but they're way bigger characters, so long-term they'll probably stick around longer because, yeah. you know, they know the game. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't really have anything else from SmackDown I wanted to talk about. Was there anything else you wanted to mention before we move to Raw? Um, no, well, I mean, only uh, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn lost to Caden, Carter and Katana Chance. And I felt like the match should have been longer. So I was a bit disappointed by that. Um, do, you think they have a, do you think they have a thing with women's tag matches that there's like a three-minute limit that you can't exceed? It feels like they always go three minutes and we never I mean, really get any longer. It felt like they were just getting going here and then the match ended and they won with a cake stand and Asuka and Carrie saying they pose with the belts after the match and they're going to, there's going to be a tout match this Friday on SmackDown, isn't it? Yes. So we'll see if they can, I mean, just do this. I mean, in the Triple H era where he does a lot of things right and he gets a lot of praise, I mean, the women's tag division has been a source pretty much from the beginning of just Pointlessness. Yeah, 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 just yeah, and just the I mean you've got teams there. I mean Alba Fire and Isla Dawn have done so little with them ever since they dropped, you know, they did that match with Ronda Rousey and Shayna last year, in which the belts were unified. And um you just think, you know, why did they bother doing that? I mean, those belts could be of some value if they still existed in NXT. There's so many women there who could be doing something with them. Um, I mean it's no great loss, of course, but I think they they still would have had value had those belts still existed in NXT. And Alba Fire and Isla Dawn have just been forgotten ever since that match. And this was their, you know, big return, the unholy union. And they lost really quickly. So yeah, very disappointed by that match, Kenny. Um, and they had, they had that great they had that great kind of promo where they said that they'd cursed the tag titles, which was such a fun idea. Yeah. It just never got followed up. That's it. I mean, it was almost like Vince-like, wasn't it? It's like, you know, really erratic booking where it's like, well, let's go in that direction. Well, it's not working. Let's just drop it and ignore it and everyone will forget about it. Not on this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, and I suppose the only other thing you uh, that's worth a mention is Kevin Owens um, had uh, Logan Paul on his show, on KO's show. Mm-hmm. And um, that, in the end, um, Logan Paul sucker punched Owens. Uh, and then he ended up smashing Owens's Owens's uh, arm against the plastic uh, covering around the ring post. So you know that's obviously going to be the story of their match this Saturday at Royal Rumble. Um, Owens's hand or arm injury or whatever it's supposed to be. So yeah, I thought that was okay. I'm quite yeah. looking forward to that match. I don't think it's been built up as well as it could have been. No, but I still think Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens is going to deliver on the night. Yes, I would agree. Let's move on to Raw. We had a promo segment with CM Punk and Cody Rhodes that I just thought was, this is how you do it. This is how you sell a Royal Rumble match. I mean, these two just... The fact that Cody was kind of more like CM Punk, CM Punk's bringing up Dusty. I mean, for me, this was just the way you do it. What did you think of these these pros out there doing doing the good work? Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was different, wasn't it? We haven't really heard anything like this before. Obviously, Dusty's been mentioned in many promos previously and in the run-up to the Cody Roman Reigns match last year. There was a very, very famous um segment involving Heyman and Rhodes. Um you yeah, know, when they which, delved into Heyman's history with Dusty and stuff. Exactly, where he basic where Heyman basically said that Reigns was 
you know, was the son that he always, you know, the person he always wanted. He had all the qualities yeah. that Cody didn't. And <laughs> uh, and who would have known it? Roman Reigns ended up winning. So, you know, it's as if Paul Heyman was telling the truth, maybe for the first time in his life. <laughs> first and last. Yeah. So, Punk, you know, said that when Cody went to OVW that Dusty called him and asked him to, you know, look after Cody in OVW. And Cody confirmed that that was true. Um, I thought it was good that Punk acknowledged the burden of Cody's last name. And that's something that, you know, people don't really talk about that much because they're usually too busy resenting people, <laughs> you know, who've been, you know, hired or put in a position because of nepotism or whatever. So I thought that was a really good line there. And, you know, I find that that's something that I'm a great, actually, believer in, believer of in life generally because you know you can't control who you are the son of can you you can't and you shouldn't really be resented for that you should be you know in the famous Martin Luther King line you know should be judged on the strength of your character basically I think anyway yeah and um so yeah I thought it was some really good stuff there and you know it was all very pleasant at first and then it intensified as he started talking about Royal Rumble and how he both wanted to win it. And they were talking about, you know, how would you feel? How are you going to feel on Sunday morning when you haven't won? So I thought that was really a really interesting way to put it. You know, a very and it was all about just emphasizing how important this match was to both of them because both of them wanted to win it because both of them wanted to main event WrestleMania. So it was all in a sense, it was. It was there was a lot of layers to it, but when you actually look at it in the round, it was a very sort of simplistic sort of segment, wasn't it? It was yeah. all about I want to win. And I want to win the title. I want to. Fa- that means punching you in the face and throwing you over the top rope. Then that's what I'll do to win. Oh, we should just mention as well at start, Kenny. They did shake hands, didn't they? That was also something that's worth mentioning. Yeah, they did shake hands. Like you say, it all started out quite friendly, and then. You know, Punk mentions the the favor that he was asked. I the timeline of of Punk, I was confused by because he said in two thousand seven, Dusty asked him to look after him at OVW, but Punk was in the main right. roster by then. Yeah, he was. He because because he joined two thousand five. That was when he had his famous disastrous debut with Mickey James as his valet, <laughs> and then he was sent to OVW just a few weeks later. Yes. And then he joined ECW in, was it August, September 2006? It was around about then. Summer right? 06 for sure. It was not yep. long after the beginning of the the brand WWE ECW, that's called. Because um, yeah, I remember doing an article on him, and I think it was in issue 149 of Power Slam. It had Cena on the cover, mm-hmm. and I called it Punk Shock. And I remember that issue did really well. It sold really well, that issue. Even with Cena on the cover. No, of course not. Partly <laughs> Mostly because Cena was on the cover. My hero. Uh, but yeah, by that point, CM Punk was definitely a main roster player. Because I remember doing the article on him. And that would have been, I guess, November of 2006. So yeah, the timeline doesn't... If you drill down into it, the timeline doesn't quite stack up, does it? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I'm sure to like the layman, that doesn't really matter. But to people like us who are... You know, if we don't, if we don't, if we're not sticklers for detail, what are we? So well, for, for us, we are pedants. The yes. pedants are at it again. <laughs> but uh, no, I thought the segment was great, and I thought the the fact that they are fight. I, there's always that line that Steve Austin said, where he'd sort of said, you know, if you're not here to fight for the world title, why are you here? 
And on some levels, I disagree with that because, you know, Artrus not going to win the title, but there's still a place for him. But I think when you get to guys who are top players, 100%, that's what they should be here for. And that's what they should be fighting for. And Cody and Punk are just two like, ideal characters for this because, you know, Cody's whole thing is he needs to finish the story. That's what he said since day one. Punk's thing is he's always wanted to headline WrestleMania. Yeah. And I did love the line where, you know, Punk said, you know, I'm going to, you know, uh, you're going to get right to the, right close to finishing your story and someone's going to come in and take it from you. And then he goes, oh yeah, that's me. Which is kind of like a nod to the rock stuff that's going on. <laughs> so like, I thought that was a nice subtle jab from CM Punk. And what I like about it is with Punk, and I think this is a deliberate thing they're doing, he's not went full CM Punk yet with anybody. No. And it's like it's being, it's like he's trying to be Mr. Nice Guy, the, the character, and you know there's going to be a day where he snaps, and you're kind of here for it, because you want it to happen eventually. Oh. So. And this here, this was to set up their big match later in the year, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. Now they're, this is going to set them up. It's got to. And I feel like it. I feel like it is. So yeah, we're going to have obviously interaction between them in the rum, in the Royal Rumble this Saturday. They may very well be the last two. I'm not sure. They might not be because then you've got to people then got to decide who they want to cheer and who they want to boo, and that can be problematic, as we saw with Lex Luger and Bret Hart in 1994. So you know, maybe I think there will have to be some interaction between them in the match. I think other, otherwise, I think people will feel shortchanged. But maybe they won't be the last two. Maybe it'll be a face and a heel. In some ways, that's a better finish. Yeah. But I'm convinced that Punk will do the heel turn probably July August time, and then he'll have the big program with Cody. Uh, we opened the show with Seth Rollins coming out in one of his funky suits but with a knee brace, and he basically does the kind of he makes you think he's gonna not be able to do WrestleMania, and then he sort of, and then he gets interrupted by Gunther, and because he sort of says, you know, I, if if it were up to me, doctors are telling me it's gonna be a three or four months recovery time with surgery. If it were up to me, I'd be here next week, but it's not up to me. I don't really know what the future holds. And then Imperium's music hits, and Gunther comes out, and uh, he basically sort of says, you know, don't worry about Kaiser and Vinci, you know. It's, just worry about me and talks about, you know, you know, I'm you know, you say you're the workhorse champion, but look at me, I'm I'm the champion that everyone can be proud of. And um he says that, you know, maybe we should we should have he, he basically said main is about to make fun of him for the fact that he's gonna be out. And then Rollins gives him the big jab at the end saying, Well, you know, you didn't let me finish. What I was gonna say was I don't give a damn what the doctors say or how hard I need to rehab. I will keep my promise and I'll take this title to WrestleMania. So it appears he's going to still be around, but I guess he's not going to be wrestling, but he is going to make WrestleMania. What, what do you think of how they handled this and the idea of him, I guess, having the title, but not wrestling for a while? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he didn't come out on crutches. He just had like a like a small um, you know, brace around his left knee. Um, when he entered the ring, you could see he was deeply moved by the whole thing. He looked close to tears and fans were chanting, thank you, thank you Seth. So people there knew what he'd been through. Um, and then he brought up that he suffered a grade two, grade two tear of his MCL and a partially torn meniscus. Um, and then he mentioned, you know, with surgery, doctors said that uh, he would be out three to four months. But, you know, if he were to, then he was interrupted by Imperium. 
No, no, he mentioned before Imperium turned up, he said, I'm taking it day, day by day. And didn't really say, I mean, he sort of hinted that he might have to vacate the title, but didn't say it. Then Imperium came along and we had Gunter saying to Rollins, we're very much alike, we're both proud champions. Uh, but then, you know, Gunter told Rollins that he was going to enter the Rumble and he was going to win it. Um you know, and if they were to wrestle, then he was going to target all his weak spots. You know, I was telling him in advance. So, I mean, yeah, they were laying that out as well for the future. You know, Gunter versus Rollins, because obviously Gunter needs to drop that IC title. Really needs to lose it at WrestleMania to whomever that is, whether it's Brock Lesnar or Chad Gable. I'm not sure who it's going to be. But, um, you know, hopefully Lesnar. We've talked about this many times previously. But Gunter's at that point now where post-WrestleMania, he needs to be pursuing the main title because he's done everything he can as IC champ. Or at least he will have done once he's dropped the belt to whomever he's going to drop the belt to at WrestleMania. But yeah, I thought I thought it was a you know, really good promo. The only slight blunder was Gunter saying that uh, Royal Rumble was on Sunday when it's <laughs> actually on Saturday. And Michael Cole corrected him about three times after the segment ended. But I thought, yeah, I thought it was well done because Gunter was just telling him what was going to happen after he won the Royal Rumble. And they, they even shook hands as well, didn't they? Which was yeah. sort of odd for a heel and a face. It won't, uh, it won't. So, you know, Rollins had hinted that he might have to vacate the title. In period turned up, Gunter was gloating you know, uh, reveling in his uh, in uh, Rollins's misery, and then Rollins had his you know he's you know putting Gunter in his place moment where he says to hell with it, to hell with what the doctors say. I'm going to be at WrestleMania. I'm going to rehab every day. I'm going to do everything it takes to be in the main event of WrestleMania to defend that title, and more importantly, retain that title at WrestleMania. So. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the thing I like about the current era WWE is they're setting up lots of things at once. Back in the Vince days, things would never be overcomplicated. It was kept very simple. And like they would, you know, you'd have the two people who were wrestling next and they would do angles together or tag matches against each other. And they would be pretty much exclusive to each other. Whereas now... You have things like this with Rollins. We think he's going to defend against CM Punk at WrestleMania. Um, but here in the opening segment of Raw, Gunter acknowledged that, you know, they hadn't, they'd avoided each other. They had no contact on screen. Um, so this has been set up for post-WrestleMania, presumably. Gunter versus Rollins. Yeah. I see, yeah, they're setting up multiple things. I actually think the one thing they could do, I don't think they're going to do it, but if Rollins is definitely going to be out until <clears throat> like two weeks before WrestleMania, I would be okay with them doing some sort of thing where they do an interim champion that they can then set up a big, you know, a big match on Raw right before Mania when Rollins gets back with the interim champion against Rollins. Rollins wins it and then he can go on and do the punk match. I think that could be quite a good thing for them to do if he's out the whole time. Because I just don't know how you kind of on TV explain the fact that he's just not wrestling for three months like it'll be a hard sell I think but I mean maybe they've got a way to do it maybe they've got an idea of what they're going to do but I think an interim thing could be a way for them to get around it and have something on Raw going on and you know maybe Gunther wins it maybe he's the one that wins it 
and he has both belts. And then whoever has WrestleMania opponent is the one who costs him. If it's Brock Lesnar, costs him against Seth, and that sets up the match at WrestleMania. But there's ways you can go, but I think that there's they're gonna. I assume they're gonna have to come up with something to keep the Seth story going, uh, rather than him just not wrestling through till Mania. Yeah, I mean it's still two and like nearly two and a half months off, isn't it? So it is a while until uh, WrestleMania. Um, I don't think they'll do the interim thing. There, I just don't. They've never done that before. I don't think they'll do that now. I think they would see that as too complicated, and it would also dilute the importance of the of, of Rollins versus Punk if that's in that's indeed who he defends the belt against at WrestleMania. I don't think they would want to add another element to that feud. So I can't see that happening. But I'm with you. They're going to have to find a way to make Rollins relevant if he can't wrestle for nearly two and a half months. And I'm not quite sure how they're going to do that. I understand we talked about this last week when after the injury had been announced. Um, I understand why Rollins wants to do this. And if he can do it and feels you know, confident enough in himself and can get the medical clearance to do this, then that's his choice, you know. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I would expect that he's going to lose the belt to Punk and then he'll take three, four months off, have the surgery, and he can come back at SummerSlam. So, uh, I mean, you can, I guess... why, you can understand why he would want to put this off. It's not like it's, you know, like a like serious neck injury, like, Obviously, no. 20 years ago, you would have WWE wrestlers who would get in there with injuries that they would never be allowed to wrestle with now. But with Rollins' knee injury, I think they will permit it. I mean, I guess that they did They did have Shawn Michaels get his injury at the Royal Rumble and he didn't wrestle against the WrestleMania. But, but no. Shawn was on TV every week. There was angles. All, so I mean, he's going to have to be on TV all the time. Um, but I guess the difficulty is because it's not like Rollins is with anybody. So who you know who's taking the bumps? What what's there's got to be something to come up with. So if it's not the interim thing, they need to come up with something else because I I just don't know how you can do just promos between Punk and Rollins, which we assume it is the whole yeah. time. So well, one yeah. thing they could do to explain his absence for a number of weeks is to do an injury angle. Yes, and have somebody you know beaten down possibly on Raw next week. Um, after Raw Rumble, Gunter or whomever beats him down, and then whoever wins the Rumble then has the match with whoever beats Rollins down. So then Rollins can go away for three or four weeks, do his rehab, he's not on the road, and at least that fills you know a number of weeks of TV time, you know, with him not having to be there and just do promos. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned you know that. Lots of stuff going on, not keeping things simple. I like the promo they had with Nia Jax coming out to talk about the Rumble. And then obviously they had Becky Lynch come out and then they had Bailey make a surprise appearance. And I like the whole idea of the three of them there. Obviously it turned into a bit of a uh, shoving match and a fight yeah. with them. And the referees are trying to break it up. So they were you know, putting over the importance of the Women's Rumble. And obviously we had Rhea backstage bumping into Becky Lynch and... You know, she told Becky, it looks like you should make other plans for WrestleMania. Yeah. So the head games continue. So I like the, the interplay for the Women's Rumble. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not quite sure how they get Becky Lynch's hair that colour. <laughs> I mean, just in HD, it looks amazing, doesn't it? It yeah. just looks incredible. 
it's like it's not real. It's like it's on, like literally on fire. <laughs> and there's such a contrast when she was backstage with Rhea Ripley. You know, he's got the black hair. So I think you know, I'm I I don't know whether Becky's going to win the Rumble, but I'm still convinced it's going to be Lynch versus Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. That's the WrestleMania match. That match can go on last. You know, I don't know whether it will, but it could go on last. Um, I'm not sure if Rhea versus anyone else could go on last. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that as well. And um, I think Michael Cole had made the comment um, that um, there were so many people who could win the Rumble or the Rumbles this year that he couldn't remember a year in which it had been more competitive, where it had been like, you know, so many people could potentially win. Um, which is, you know, makes it you know more interesting. We know the Rumbles of the past. I always remember the 2000 Rumble. And the only person who could win it was The Rock, wasn't it? <laughs> and you're just like, oh. And, you know, he even did a promo during the show about, you know, basically, you know, making fun of the fact that there was only really him that could win. He said, well, Crash Holly could be my, you know, biggest challenger in the match. <laughs> and uh, in the end, of course, his feet touched the ground first, didn't they? In that famous finish where they did actually manage to cover themselves uh, on the night, didn't they? By having the camera in the right place. Because he yeah, went, over, no, went over with Big Show, didn't he? But his feet actually touched the ground first. Yes. no, And, and, and yeah, I mean, at least 2001 example. It's funny because I, I put a thing out yesterday on Twitter where I said, and I'm going to ask you this on Thursday, so don't give me your answer today. But I'm just going to say, I, I, I put out what my favourite Royal Rumble match was. And people were coming back and forth. And a couple of people said 2000. And I was kind of going, the thing about 2000 was it was so obvious. And there was yeah. so little drama you know, that that's kind of the reason why 2000 is always one that I don't really think about. But we will talk about our rumbles, our, our favourite rumbles on Thursday. Um, yes. The main event of Raw, Damien Priest, Drew McIntyre, I kind of think this is a bit of a misfire because it was two heels in the main event and I just think it kind of lacked the crowd really knowing who to go for and what to do. Um, Obviously, Drew wins in the end. He got a big win here. Uh. But yeah, I just, I thought there was something missing from the main event with the dynamics. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Drew looked disappointed in the response. I mean, the crowd were quiet several times during the show. I mean, they really came alive. Uh, like, for instance, in the Chad Gable um, Ivar match, didn't they? <laughs> it's really hot for that. Um, you know, it just shows you Chad's a guy. You know, people say, well, he can't be the one to end Gunter's icy title reign. And if not Brock Lesnar, then I'd pick him. Because, you know, I think people are ready. I think it's ready to be a huge, huge star, Chad Gable. But you're right about the main event. I mean, Damian Priest, there have been times in his career when I felt that he was really quite average. And he looked really average here. And um, I think it was just, you're right, I think it was just a bad configuration, just a bad combination. You've got Drew McIntyre who's doing really well, but he's a heel. You've got Damian Priest, he was a heel as well. And, yeah, people didn't know who to root for. Then when R-Truth came out, and, you know, he distracted the referee. And he dropped some more of that fake money all over the place. He wanted to give Damien Priest a cut of the merch money. <laughs> um, and this was just as Priest hit the South of Heaven choke slam on McIntyre. So made the cover. The referee wasn't there to make count. Um, Priest then got up, hurled truth out of the ring. And in the confusion, McIntyre clobbered Priest with a claymore for the one, two, three. So, yeah, it was a bit of a... Yeah, a bit of an anticlimactic main event, but nothing was going to follow, you know, that Cody Rhodes CM Punk segment. No, um, no. And really, you know, Rollins and Gunter, 
was really good as well. I'm not saying it was as good as Punk versus Rhodes, but the segment was, I thought, was very well done and covered a lot of bases, was all over the emotional map and set lots of things up. So to me, Raw this week was all about those two segments and nothing else could, could nothing else really, you know, could compare to those. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything else on the show that was really, that we really need to talk about. I mean, New Day and Imperium, they had a pretty hot brawl, actually. They did, they did. But I mean, like you say, I think that's something, obviously, they're setting stuff up for next week with them. Uh, for Because po- they actually did set up a few things for next week's Raw. So yes. they set up uh, Damien Priest and Finn defend the titles against DIY, for, yep. um, Gunter versus Kingston for the IC title, and Bronson Reed versus Jay So, so they're setting things up post Rumble, and obviously that the post Rumble Raw always does pretty well with the kind of Rumble Fallout crowd. So yes. we'll, we'll we'll see what they do. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you about Finn. I think it was because somebody had messaged us on Patreon about it. So let me just see if I can get it here while I remember, because I don't want to forget. Okay, where are we here? Ewan Watson wanted to ask... Oh, yeah. Ewan Watson wanted to know our thoughts on the Danielson Okada match from Wrestle Kingdom. I've not had a chance to watch it. Maybe we can watch it for Thursday, if not next Tuesday. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it Thursday. Yes, we'll talk about that, and um, and then. But well, we can you... tie that in with you know these rumors of Akada potentially going to WWE, can't we? Yeah, exactly. That'll be a good way for us to kind of watch a 2024 Okada match and see what we what we think. So, and then he also asked after hearing us talk about the demolition powers of pain double turn, if we would ever review the 1988 Survivor Series. To which I've replied to him and said, "Yes, we can probably do that in November when Survivor Series comes up." And uh, yeah, I'll make a note of that for. Or kind of, you know, we do a once a month special thing on Patreon so we can look at doing Survivor Series 88 for November. Um, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's all the time we've got for today. We will be back on Thursday with lots more. Thank you for all your support, as always. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns